This is Hustle and Pro with Kelly Walker. Join Kelly as she talks sports with players, coaches, organizers, and entrepreneurs from Wee League to Pro. Now here's your host, Kelly Walker. Today on Hustle and Pro, let's talk lacrosse. This might be like a lacrosse 101 course for anyone out there like me who's new to the sport and needs a crash course on the basics of how to get started. Our guest, Beth King, will give us the scoop and point you in the right direction. Before we talk lacrosse, let's learn a little bit more about Beth with some quick hit icebreakers. Welcome Beth King and are you ready? I sure am. All right, here we go. Who is your all-time favorite athlete? Um, man, so I grew up in Philadelphia following Philadelphia sports, doing season tickets to the Phillies, which is funny because I'm not as big a baseball fan anymore. Um, but Mike Schmidt, third base for the Philadelphia Phillies, was somebody as a kid that we always were super excited to see, wanted to watch play. Um, it's kind of a funny joke with my, my mom and I about watching Mike Schmidt come up to bat. What about all-time favorite team? I'm going to say my all-time favorite team is watching the U.S. women's girls lacrosse team. They do have several different ages that they compete in, but it's super fun to watch them uh, represent the United States. Awesome. What about favorite sport to watch? Lacrosse. All right. Of course. Boys and girls. What about favorite sport to play yourself? Lacrosse. What about the farthest distance you have traveled to watch or to play a sport? Wow. I travel with my daughter that now, which is probably the furthest that we travel. So we go from Texas to Baltimore, Nashville. Um, I think we're going to be hitting Florida this year. So that's probably the furthest that I personally have traveled to play for a, you know, to, to watch a team sport. Easy. You got through it. Okay. Now we're going to talk a little bit about lacrosse. You're going to teach me some things. First, um, what is your story and personal connection with lacrosse? So um, I moved to Texas 13 years ago and thought that my kids would never have the opportunity to play the sport that I love. And about eight years ago, we were driving past the B.F. Phillips field and saw a group of boys out there playing lacrosse and something I'd never seen in Texas before. So from there, we... um, that was about 10 years ago, I guess. From there, about two years later, my son was old enough to play, signed him up for a team sport, and as a mom, I showed up with my stick in hand. And no one had ever seen a mom pick up a stick in Frisco before. And thus started the girls' portion of bringing girls lacrosse to Frisco. Um, it started with a, you know, with a single 3-4 team, and within a year, we had a 3-4, a 5-6, and a 7-8 team. And that was eight years ago. And we now have teams at every age level. So I uh, helped kind of develop the program here in Frisco. We have since um, gone to an all-girls program uh, with the Girls Lacrosse Club of Frisco. The boys also have a program here in Frisco, the Frisco Lacrosse Association. Um, So we both operate, but one boys, one girls. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to grow the game and to introduce lacrosse to the kids that live here in Frisco and the parents. A lot of people don't understand the sport here because it is primarily an East Coast, West Coast. Denver's a big hotbed. We do play all around the country, but it's just not as mainstream here in the state of Texas. Tell me about what you've seen and how lacrosse has grown here or in Texas or even here in the Frisco area. 
Yeah, lacrosse is probably the largest uh, growing sport in America. In, in NCAA, it's the second fastest growing sport for girls. Um, it's the fourth fastest growing sport for boys as far as NCAA college. So you're starting to see a lot more um, awareness around the sport. Um, here in Texas, we have the largest girls program in all of North Texas. We play teams from all around the area. Um, there's new programs getting added all the time. So we play anyone from the private schools like ESD, Green Hill, Hockaday, Parish. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a few there. And then we also go as far as Keller, South Lake, Colleyville. Um, there's even a program downtown called Bridge that's a charitable program um, for underprivileged kids in the downtown area that we also play. Um, so we play teams from all over the place. Um, the, it's growing immensely here in Dallas. Um, it's kind of the new hotbed. It had started, the last hotbed was Denver, and now it's coming to Dallas. We're starting to pump a lot of kids out into college programs, which is gaining a lot of awareness for the sport too. I assumed this is a northern sport. So is this, is this a northeast sport? I mean, where is this the origins of lacrosse? The origins of lacrosse are very interesting. Um, for a lot of people that don't know, people think it's a new sport. It is not a new sport. Uh, lacrosse has been playing for thousands of years. Um, it was actually developed and started uh, by Native Americans, Native American Indians, and the tribes used to battle over land. And the way that they would battle is by playing a game of lacrosse. And the winner gets to keep the land. Wow. So if you go back in history and look, uh, lacrosse is probably the oldest sport in America. I did not know that. Yeah, awesome. it's very interesting. So tell me about the, the kids that are playing here in Frisco. Tell me about the ages. When are, people, when are kids starting to play lacrosse here? And who do they play for as far as a league or a club, the structure? And how does that work around here? So we have kids that start as early as kindergarten. Um, so our, our first teams are going to be first, second graders play together. Because it's still a smaller sport, we do tie age groups together. So our youngest team will be a first, second grade team. Uh, league rules allow you to play one year up, so we do have kindergartners if they're ready. Um, and we recommend that they'll be okay to play with first and second graders, and they can play. Uh, we have a little program called the Little Scoopers that is our, our little guys, and they do really just skills. It's, it's a lot more fun than it is competitive. Um, we don't play a lot of games. We just have one practice a week. And from there, it starts to transition into being a little more competitive at the third, fourth grade level, fifth, sixth grade level, and then a seventh, eighth grade level uh, at the youth. And then we uh, at the Frisco Fury have also a JV and a varsity girls lacrosse team as well that will go and compete in the state championship. So we operate within the state of Texas and within our league. Um, we, like I said, we play teams from all over the place. Prosper just joined our league. Rockwell just joined our league. We have Allen, McKinney, Plano, um, you name it. You know, most of the towns around here now do have programs. So we play all of those teams. So when you say join the league, what league is that? So the Texas, Youth Girls Lacrosse League is the youth league, and then there is a separate high school league that operates. Uh, we, at high school, there's three separate uh, geographic areas. So you've got an area coming out of Houston, one out of Austin, and one out of Dallas. So those three regions come together to play our state championships. So we all work together. We all operate under the same high school league with the same bylaws. Um, so while it's not a UIL sport here in Texas, 
it is still very much an organized program and an organized league that brings the entire state together to play for a state championship. And we, we also, in the, at the Fury, um, I don't know if every program around Dallas does it, but we, do, uh, we follow up pretty much all UIL guidelines that the Frisco ISD puts out there. So we will grade check our girls um, and you know, follow everything so that our girls are able to varsity letter in the sport, which is pretty unique. So I'm curious the path that goes from rec to more competitive mm. and then beyond that. It sounds like it is already established or it's being established over these last several years. Tell me about what that looks like as kids get more interested in it and the play gets more competitive. What's their path as they get up into yeah. the higher ranks? All of the programs that I mentioned are pretty much rec programs, we call them, or town programs. Um, we do play the, the like I said, the um, private schools as well. Um, and our leagues are recreational leagues. Um, but if you're wanting more, we are also kind of a unique sport in that you don't have to choose to play only club, like a volleyball, soccer, you know, once you've gone club, you've gone club and you don't really go back um, to your rec program. So we are very different in that way. All of the club teams that are local in the area very much support the rec program. So if you play club, you also play rec. Rec comes first, your town programs always come first and the club teams operate basically around our rec seasons, which is, like I said, a little bit unique. So you would play for the Frisco Fury, and if you haven't had enough in your spring season and you really wanna do more, you wanna have the travel experience, uh, you wanna you know, see a little bit more competition, you wanna see what it's like around the country, you can decide to play club. The club teams, there's two primary club teams here in Dallas right now, uh, 214 Lacrosse and Grit Lacrosse. Both of them will travel around the country. They have teams at almost every age level. And those are, a lot of the rec high school coaches will coach those club teams. So you're getting amazing club coaches. Um, you're getting the opportunity to travel. You're getting the opportunity to play teams from other areas, which is, is interesting because lacrosse on the East Coast is not necessarily some, you know, the same as lacrosse here in, in Dallas, so it's a nice opportunity for the girls to, to see how it's done on the East Coast and um, other places. Um, so yeah, so you can do both though. You're encouraged to do both if you want to take it to the next level. The club season will amp up at the end of our recreation season, and then the kids will travel through the month of June and July. Then they usually take a little break, they'll play a little bit of club in the fall, Rec also has a, a kind of a ratcheted back season in the fall. It's not quite as much. It's a great time for new kids to learn, um, you know, within our rec programs. And then the club teams will travel a little bit in the fall as well. Um, some of them will do some indoor stuff over the winter. So you can play lacrosse year round um, if you want. It's a kind of a combination between rec and club. So I want to take one step back. High school. I know you have a, you're in, within your program are high school kids. Are there high school lacrosse teams? No, it is not what we call a UIL sport, which means it's not driven by the high schools themselves. Right. So, so is we that are something a 501c3. It, it may. Um, some people are for it. Some people are not for it. Um, in a place like um, Allen, for instance, where they have one high school and their high school is massive, um, every kid that plays on the Allen girls high school lacrosse team would stay on the same team. Here in Frisco, we have um, 10 high schools, and we have girls representing eight of our different high schools, as well as Legacy Christian Academy, and we have one or two um, grandfathered in from Prosper. 
because they did not have a high school program when those kids started playing. So our girls come from every high school. If we made it a UIL sport, we will have you know two kids at this high school and four kids at one high school, and the, our teams here in Frisco would be not very competitive. Um, we do have a very high concentration at Wakeland, um, so the Wakeland High School lacrosse team might be okay, um, but all of the rest of the kids would take a step back from a com competition level um, in order to grow the games. People ask me this question all the time, and I, you know, I go back and forth. We've worked so hard to give these girls a great playing opportunity and a great playing experience. And it is very difficult to find coaches that know how to coach, especially girls lacrosse. You know, there's a lot of dads that are here that have relocated that have played and can help out on the boys' side. While it is the same name, lacrosse, the two sports are very, very different. I've heard that, and I don't know exactly what people mean when they say it's very different. What are the differences? Besides just the level of play, maybe, are there actual different rules and different gear and different Completely. thing? So yes. what happens? The, the only thing, we joke that the only thing that's really the same is the goal cage and what the goalie looks like, sort of, and the name of the sport. Other than that, the field sizes are totally different. A girls lacrosse field is 120 yards long. Uh, we play behind the cage, which is really fun. It's more like ice hockey where you get to you know, go behind cage and make plays from behind. That's kind of unique to our sport. Um, but yeah, so the, the field size is completely different. The boys' field is 100 yards long. Ours is 120. Um, I, the girls' field is, is wider. Um, the lines on the field are totally different. We have uh, an arc and a fan and restraining lines. The boys do not have an arc and a fan. They can post up right in front of the goal cage. We cannot. Um, the boys wear full pads, helmets. Um, you know, they're padded from head to toe pretty much. The girls, all the girls wear are goggle eye protection, a mouth guard, and that's it. Boys, full contact body sport. Um, girls is not. There's not supposed to be full body contact in the game of a girl, girls lacrosse. We, we, we refer the girls as being more of a finesse sport. It's actually really fun to watch. They have to be highly skilled. They can't use brute force. The boys, and not that the boys don't, the boys game is a lot of fun to watch. It's one of my favorite, favorite sports to watch. It's, you know, they're both very fast paced, um, but they're both, they're, they're different. Um, and so the boys are a much more physical um, and it's, it's funny for me when I talk to some, especially dads, I guess, who are familiar with boys lacrosse and I'll ask them, I'll, you know, I found out they have daughters and I'll say, hey, you know, you should bring them out and, and let them play some lacrosse. And they look at me like I am crazy because all they know is boys in helmets and pads and very rough. And so I wish that more people would come and watch a game and see the girls play because it's a beautiful sport. You know, like I said, we call it a finesse game. Is it always that non-contact side of it for girls, or is that just more of like the rec side? Or... Well, it's, it's still non-contact. I mean, you will see some contact, but it's not, you know, you can't um, check a body. You can't reach through. The girls have something called your sphere that goes around your head. It's an imaginary, you know, bubble, we call it, around your head. Um, sticks are not allowed in anyone's sphere at any level. In college, of course, if you watch a fifth, sixth grade game and then you watch a college game, it's going to look very different. But so, so in, in high school, college, it's a little bit more physical, but it's not, it's, it's, the, the rules are still in place to keep the girls very safe. You know, it's a very skillful, skillful sport. So they can check. You can, as the, as the girls get older, 
the checking rules change a little bit and U.S. lacrosse is constantly looking at the game, making sure that it's safe, creating new rules. It's probably frustrating as a coach yeah. to have to keep up in, in the inconsistency from year to year. Yeah. The craziest the rule the girls get, you have, you're supposed to stop on the whistle. So you don't have to do that in any other sport, but you literally freeze on the whistle until the ref blows the whistle again and then play starts again. Well, that rule has just changed to a free start. Well, that changes our entire game because the kids are used to stop, you know, stopping. So they've never had to think about advantage and things like that. So we are constantly kind of reteaching the game every year as new U.S. lacrosse rules come out. And they will transition those rules typically into college first. They'll check them out first. Like college defenders are allowed to run through what's called our crease. Nobody's allowed inside the crease except the goalie. Um, except now in college, defenders can run through there. Well, we still are not seeing that at high school yet. They're, they kind of test out. They're testing out shot clock rules, different things. But they will roll them down from NCAA into high school and then on to the youth if they feel like it's a it's been a valuable rule change. When we're talking about parents who might be interested in this sport here in Frisco, what what's kind of that starter level? What what gear do they need with the basics and where do they go to find out about you guys, Frisco Fury, and how to follow along and get to know you guys a little bit better as a program? Yeah, so uh, you can find us, um, I'll tell you where to find us first. You can find us online at FriscoFury.com. Um, we're on Instagram um, at Frisco Fury. We're on Twitter at Frisco Fury. We're also on Facebook at Girls Lacrosse Club of Frisco. It's a little bit confusing. Our official name is the Girls Lacrosse Club of Frisco. It's how we do business. Um, when we started our program, we let our players pick our colors and pick our team names and stuff. So that's how we came up with the Frisco Fury. Um, chosen by our players uh, several years ago. Um, but we are the same organization. There are not two. Uh, we do, like I said, only girls. Uh, the Frisco Lacrosse Association does boys. As far as gear goes and how to get started, we're just getting ready uh, to get kick off our spring season. Uh, we are still looking for young players. We're looking to still build our kinder first, second, uh, third, fourth. We have really healthy teams at the, at the older ages, but are wanting to, uh, you know, fill out our feeder systems. But to get started, a lot of times we will do new player clinics where you don't have to have any gear at all. You can show up, we will provide you the gear for the day. It's just a little waiver sign off. Um, so you can at least try it out without having to go through the expense of needing equipment. Um, lacrosse is not an inexpensive sport. However, the good news is girls lacrosse costs way less than boys lacrosse does. Again, boys, you need helmets, full pads, you know, the whole, the whole works. Um, for the girls, you're looking at um, a beginner stick anywhere in the cost price range of 50 to $100. Um, a pair of goggles, same thing, about $50. And a mouth guard and a pair of cleats. So if you've played soccer and you have cleats or, you know, you, you can come try it out. Thank you so much for teaching me a little bit more and educating me on lacrosse. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about the sport. Come check us out.